the Koi Gig Pod. As I said before, it's about momentum and gaining fans and gaining the support. And I think the girls have done that. It's another massive step for women's football. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. Just a slight tangent on, on that. <laughs> this, is a, this is far too much of a tangent. Just a brief interruption. Can I also say one more thing on this? But uh, we also need to impose some rules. Like, we can't just have 20 minute tangents over a text. Come on. This is refusal to consider the circumstances. I'm not going to entertain that, Joe. This conversation is not a good one, I think. Do we argue much? No. We keep them inside. And fester. <laughs> See, I thought this was a ridiculous text until I read the top three, and then I thought, Go you know on. what? Oh, I'd yeah. actually debate that with you. <laughs> it is an interesting... Sorry, it's not an interesting question, but... Uh, Let's I, make that clear. <laughs> I love the sound of a snooker referee counting up the score. Hello, you're welcome along. A slight tangent is coming at you. Slight tangent at offtheball.com is where you can get us. Very happy to say, as usual, to my right, we have Will O'Callaghan. Hello, Will. Evening, Joe. We have Michael McCarthy. Hello. Hi, Joe. Dr. O'D is in the house once again. Hello, Arthur. Hi, Joe. Long suffering, Dr. O'D. <laughs> Tolerates us. Why am I long suffering? Because <laughs> you're to tolerate us. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. We're back to one in a row. We're back to one in a row. We're Dublin, basically. This is how Dublin feel. No, that's yeah, right. all Ireland champions. Yeah, we had ten in a row, and now it's one. So we're back again. Did we have a good reason for missing last week? You weren't here. You weren't here. Felt to be wrong. So that's a good reason. In fairness, agreed. Do you see yourself as the Cluxton? So <laughs> <laughs> don't you regard yourself grumpy, a man apart. Yeah, it's eleven in a row for you. Much like it's seven in a row for Cluxton. Everybody yeah. else, everybody else is back to one. That's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we've had. You don't look at the downside here, but too many emails. Well, look, the, I made a joke <laughs> at the news round uh, about, you know, we won't read most of them or whatever because there was so many. It's genuine, like, just real moment here, folks. For us to get that many emails for this slot that we started arsing around with yeah. a year ago, whatever, is unbelievable. It's unbelievable how engaged people are, how much they want to contribute, how much they want to do. And we do actually, well, I do anyway. I do actually read them all and we think about them all and we talk about them all. Some of them suit a conversation on the show and some of them don't, but genuinely appreciate them all I did the maths of the uh, number of emails times the average word count and I figured I could have instead read Arthur O'Dea's thesis on Bob Dylan yep. you know of which many of our readers have read and I many mean, of them mentioned it in the emails oh my god several compliments <laughs> in about your thesis they're they reading it Arthur. I haven't just they're downloaded it someone did say it was very well written ah uh, yeah what's, what's that mean <laughs> so someone also <laughs> called you Bob Dylan's doctor <laughs> <laughs> I did enjoy the context of that email as well where they said I've no interest in Bob Dylan but I still read his thesis. Oh, that's, that's the ultimate comment. That's nice. Well, how many downloads are you up to? I don't know. I don't Come know. on. Ah, you have to Come check. On. I sincerely yeah, I don't Will, know. where's your laptop? You normally check these things. Yeah, Second the break. You must have sailed past 500 now, have you? Yeah, I presume so. You're the talk at DCU. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, not at all. Will I crack on? She may as well. Um, let's start with something light and quick. Somebody w- I, Did we talk about What I would call My um, book <laughs> Yeah it came up At some stage Yeah okay We had some we had, suggested we, Titles I believe uh, They weren't great I didn't think As much as Paul's email Is appreciated He says Hi lads Short time first time We do appreciate The short time Really enjoy the chats Keeps me in touch With home As I'm now living In Australia Title for the Joe Malloy book As recently discussed I have no memory Of this by the way 
with my autobiography or like a, we're just on to the next a, one a tell all. the next show uh, option one <laughs> the good. what are you going to tell <laughs> <laughs> well, it could be about me uh, the good the, the good the bad and the rugby or the sorry the golf the golf the bad the, the, bad, rugby, the rugby. Yeah. and option two is the golf the bad and the ugly yeah thanks Paul P.S. if anyone needs a place to stay for the upcoming 2025 Lions Tour or, <laughs> or the 2027 Rugby World Cup we have two spare rooms Wow! Listen, sure. we'll keep that on file, Paul. We scoff now, but we might be emailing you. Is Airbnb basically hiding as an email into the show? <laughs> I'll push on. Luke says, "Hi, Joan lads. LTFT living in Canada now. A lot of all expats, expats. here this week. Yeah. yeah, I appreciate you guys keeping me informed on all Irish sport. I'm not sure that's what we're doing here, but we'll take it. I presume he means overall. He oh, certainly doesn't enough. mean this this segment. Uh, Watching the quarterback documentary on Netflix, Peyton Manning called it the hardest position in sport. As um, you'll pardon a slight tangent, is this any good? I haven't been I'm, I, again. I, I, first I'm, episode and a half. Yeah, and it was. It was all right. I mean, it's but pretty interesting. All right, six of eight completed here. Yeah, I think it's a compelling enough watch. Yeah, it's um, particularly to get the, the tone, so close the, to Mahomes was the one that surprised okay. me. The tones of voices there suggested like yeah, a it's fine three star or more. We've such high standards for sport. I haven't seen this yet, but there's such high standards for sports documentaries at the moment that there's these things that ten years ago would have blown us out of the water. Don't even you know even bat an eyelid at them. It's true. You're almost wary of saying something's good, even if you're enjoying it. I think if a lot of thirty for thirties came out now, we'd be like, yeah, because actually the McEnroe one got recommended by a lot of people, and then I watched it this week. I haven't seen that. I was like, I saw a little bit of it. It's not new, like a couple of years old. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was new. Oh, maybe, maybe. I'm thinking of something else. So. It's him walking around New York in darkness. That's the kind of motif that runs throughout. Have you seen that? No, one? I don't think so. I mean, he's, like, he's a compelling figure. He's really interesting. But I didn't feel the documentary was, oh, you've got to watch this. It was, as you said, I think 10 years ago it would have been four stars and now it's watered down to three stars maybe. Mm. A good three stars, which is what I'm sensing from you two. Yeah, I think they got three pretty compelling characters. It is very slick, so straight away you're very mindful of this has been very carefully curated in terms of what we're actually getting to see. But to see Mahomes, who's possibly the best to do it at the moment, playing quarterback, and seeing the behind the scenes from him is particularly intriguing, especially when the Chiefs have started the season poorly and you see a guy who's genuinely starting to doubt their new attacking system and maybe doubt himself a little bit. And they've got Mariotta, who was a former Heisman winner when he was a student, and that's interesting in itself. And Kirk Cousins, who had to go in and was behind Robert Griffin Jr., effectively gets traded into a team he didn't expect to get traded to, has to wait his time, then injuries give him a chance. And he's a guy who seems to be plagued by self-doubt, but is also like the ultimate everyman, down to the point that his wife is dressing him in very, very cheap clothes as he goes compared to the guys who are coming in very, very slick going in. So they picked three good characters. I think that's probably the best thing for it. Does it give you an insight as to what they do, like the, how difficult the job is? Like, is it in? I, I, I again, I haven't bit, seen yeah. this. A little bit. You do. You do get an idea of it, um, but they are kind of intent, and they've got some amazing footage, and they want to make sure you see it. Okay. Like the 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 footage of them in in game time is remarkable. It really is kind of it's it's pretty much on. It's like pitch level, isn't it? Yeah. You're, so you're really seeing, and it's when like they'll obviously take little times when they highlight different bits and pieces, but when you see like how hard they're getting hit. 
Yeah. And it's like, I think that f- f- comes into the Peyton Manning thing about that hard job. Yeah. It's like you got seconds and then it's just flattened. Well, I'll pick up. Can I just go tangent off the tangent for a second, though? Oof. Did anyone see, because just on the quarterback thing, I was thinking, did you see the, you know, this Premier League series, summer series or whatever in America? Yeah. And one of, have you not seen any of it? No. So basically, it's all the, whatever, Villa, Newcastle, Brentford, and Chelsea or something. And they are, there's one, there's one player, it's on Twitter, I mean it. Like, he's one player wearing like a chest cap oh yeah and so T. Edelmans was doing it and, and in the Villa Newcastle game and came off the bench and it's really unbelievable how fast the pace is you, you just don't expect and this is in a pre-season game you can imagine what it's like in a Premier League game or a top level Premier League Champions League game or something like that but you're thinking like how, how does he even get you know it's 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 remarkable footage and I think the more we see that kind of stuff I think I think we could do with an appreciation of how difficult the game football can be Maybe. at the highest level because we all play it we all think it's a simple game I'm somehow you know? suspicious of that that the camera would make it seem much more disorientating and harder to predict what's ah, going sure, on sure because it's coming from your chest yeah. rather than your face so I, where you turn your head yeah, you're so not turning your chest but I, I, it's I need, the same thing it's the pace I'm talking about though. no I get the pace I'd say maybe even like uh, an AstroTurf game of good players might seem far more impressive than it is. Possibly, yeah. Anyway, no more tangents off tangents. I'm just curious, given what Peyton Manning said about uh, quarterback being the hardest position in sport, what are your thoughts on what is the hardest position in sport? Quarterback would be up there, but a goalkeeper, particularly in hurling, would surely have to be considered. Also, a slight tangent, I'm no Bob Dylan fan, but Arthur's thesis is very well written. Keep up the great work. Thanks, Luke. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Why are you reading it? Why are you reading it if you're not a fan? Go screw yourself, Luke. Says, oh, uh, Jesus. Because he's a fan of you. He likes you. That's more worrying. Um, you have a lot of hardcore fans, actually. What should what nickname should we give fans of Arthur? <laughs> <laughs> the Odeasters. The Odeasters. <laughs> Ar- Arthurites. The Arthurites. <laughs> Touch of class there. Arthur's a great name, actually, isn't it? it really no is. more tangents on tangents, he says. I like Arthur's name. It's a like great it. name. Like ah, it. it's a super name, Arthur. Yeah, I really like it. Look, yeah, it came from... Dude! <laughs> it's my father's name. Is it, yeah? Thanks, I, I got it off my father. Okay. I don't know where it came from, though. It's because it's slightly unusual, but not too unusual. It's not. It's, there's a timeless quality to it, I feel. I suppose so. I mean. Come here, what's the hardest position in sport, anyway? <laughs> Oh god, it is very hard to judge. Like it's, it depends. Like, it, it, like I presume we kind of mean what's the hardest sport? No. So well, the hardest I, position. So, like, yeah. in the peloton, like, is that a position or like? Oh, that's a good point. I kind of because I, I think cycling is, <laughs> like, every time you see it, it's the most brutal. It mm. just incredibly, incredibly, uh, the, the strain it must take on you. That's but, a good. That's a very honourable good mention, actually. Because my instinct when I first glanced at the email was hurling goalkeeper. Yeah, but no. they don't. They don't get hurt. I mean, there's a there's a fear around them getting hurt. But you very rarely ever see like they like basically never get. Certainly, I'm only really watching intercounty level. Granted, but they're not getting hit. I think Joe Quaid might pick. I was going to say this That's one exception. I, I don't. That doesn't happen often. Like they're pretty unscathed. Yeah, I think I think the the. <sighs> but to make a save, I mean, okay, so there's the uh, toll on on your physical health, but then actually, if the standard is. Murphy and the Kilkenny's goals save. I mean, but you're not expected to do it. So say if if Owen Murphy if Owen Murphy uh, concedes that goal to Peter Duggan, yeah, there's no issue. nobody is talking about it. Nobody ever mentions Owen Murphy in that sentence. Okay. So it, it's again, I think expectation is a huge amount. I think the endurance thing is an interesting point by Arthur, but for me, 
it that's almost a slightly different thing. I think in some ways skill and uh, I think it has to be a mixture of everything a yeah. little bit. For me, I think it's quarterback by a mile, I have to say. Oh, do you? Because if you think of like, if you think of how much has to be in the mind of a quarterback, how much, and this is almost why I was thinking of the, the elements thing, because we have had like eye level footage. Like it's like you've got 10 at least, you know, six foot 10 men standing in front of you as you try to see a field. Like, did you ever, did you ever even play Madden? Like, you know, from a quarterback, but it's like, it's impossible. You can't see anything. It all happens too quick. And obviously that's like a million times easier than the actual um, game would be. I, I think the amount they have to memorize, the amount of plays they need to know, you know, like you're talking like hundreds and hundreds of plays that they Kirk know Cousins by a said 525 had to be memorized in off season when the coach changed. Yeah. That's insane. Mm. That's the playbook. And you need to know that basically by a code name each one and that needs to that everyone everywhere has to like you know that's where everyone in the field is going to be at a certain point I think it's I presume though when you're off the field you can have a quick catch up and say well what are we going to do in the net like you don't actually have 525 to hand at any moment do you? Well I'd say the offensive coordinator has a big role in say picking the plays but everything goes through the quarterback and yeah. in Cousins case he was literally going home and watching hours of footage and he was looking at an iPad to check all the plays and was just talking about how much had changed because they went to a totally different system in the season that he was coming into like I had a little bit of an appreciation of how much quarterbacks get hit from watching this as well because in one of the games Mahomes is microphoned up sorry slight spoiler for Arthur I think in episode 2 or 3 I won't be finishing it yeah, there you go I think they're playing Vegas and what happens is their number 89 continues to try and wind up Mahomes through the whole game mm. so even after Mahomes has got a pass off he just comes in gives him a little nudge tries to knock him over without even sacking him and it just continually for about two quarters this continues on and it just fires up Mahomes in the second half it's hardly the, the thing that makes the the thing the worst position the hardest position in sport I don't not, not to add to it but like they do get one of the things is a, is a like an element of bravery is that like if you wait that last second you stand in the pocket and you know you're going to get this 300 pound man hitting you full blast not yeah. a nudge because you need that extra second to make sure your guy gets down the field and stuff like that that happens all the time like they're they're tough and they're they're uh the amount of acumen that needed to play the position. I, I, I can't think of anything that's comparable. I think everything else within a team sport yeah, especially like there, there has, is. Like has rug, a lot. Rugby's comparable. There's now half take as many quicker, A far quicker game and far more relentless. Like you are ultimately in American football you are stopping and starting the whole time. Far fewer options though. But like that doesn't, it still doesn't, I, I appreciate that, but I feel with the thing with the options, that's a little bit of a kind of a red herring. As you're saying, like you might know 525, but like how many do you actually call in a game? Mm. And now has the most important play, a player on a rugby field. He is not the be all and end all in the way the quarterback does. If a quarterback, if like Tom Brady has like, uh, you know, is behind in a Super Bowl with a minute left, and no timeouts, there's still an expectation that, Brady, like it's all about one person. No, Other people will like make plays, but it's all about one person. If that one person doesn't pressure. do it, then it won't happen. Yeah. Whereas I don't think that's the case in any other sport. It's not the case in rugby. Like if you can do that without your out half, yeah. maybe they can't drop the goal. But well, that's that doesn't happen. That's not in every circumstance. It is the case in if we not to bring it back, like and I wouldn't know much about it like as as the mechanics of it, but like it is the case in cycling. Yeah. It is there's a leader of that generally who will have to basically yeah. to his performance will now, dictate what there, the rest of the There is a chance we're underestimating the skill level in cycling. I mean to go. That's down. fair. Yeah, I didn't mean to just dismiss. Yeah, it yeah, call no. Because I, I would, yeah. I would sort of wrongly right hold my hands up, but I would wrongly like dismiss somebody running around a track 
doing a marathon as the, the skill quality there I don't feel is mind blowing or comparable to what a quarterback does but I think actually riding down a mountain at 50 60k around bends mm. a cliff is that way and a, another cliff is that way and there's 30 lads around you and it's breakneck yeah Ooh, fair that's, enough yeah, that's yeah. ferocious skill possible to Formula oh. 1 driver anyone? Dis- was, would you dismiss did, that? did enter my head yeah do you know what's a funny thing like there's different prisms you can um, look at this through like you could almost go well if you were to take Johnny or Mary Lehman and say well you have a year to try and get good at this sport I, I'd sort of fancy my chances to become like a, a not not an embarrassment of a quarterback of a year's training but if you said to me you have a year now to become a good gymnast <laughs> <laughs> the results would be cataclysmic yeah well, maybe that's fair because I think there's, I think there's different things <laughs> that might suit yeah. different body types and different experiences and what you grow up as a kid. I suppose I'm looking at it from a point of like, if you're a quarterback, what's the hardest thing to become an elite or a good quarterback? You know, and I, for me, I think that might be the biggest jump. I don't know if there's as big a jump between the 20th person in the grid and the first person in the grid in Formula 1, though I would imagine it is a Bit of a steep jump. enough yeah. deficit yeah. so maybe that's right maybe it's a different way of looking at it maybe what's the hardest thing to actually do mm. like I can't I will probably learn how to learn the plays and throw the ball can I give you one yeah one. boxer yeah you know again I think it depends on what you've come from and what your mentality is like but be one of the hardest ones for me I would imagine I mean oh. jockey like Jockey. Oh, geez, National Hunt jockeys. Like, yeah. <laughs> How did they abs- do it? Sorry, don't, don't, and and don't forget about what your life is around being a jockey yeah. as well. Mm. Like, you're now it's you're 24 7. That's danger, Dead expectation, like. everything kind of combined into one. Yeah. And a relentless season. There's relentless a season, relentless, like, body management. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, that's insane. Mm, that's a late contender. Yeah. Are we ready to move on? Ang? Well, we don't have an answer. So. <laughs> we don't have an answer. We didn't give it any pre thought. I was far point. more adamant at the start than I am at the end, which <laughs> is probably a good sign. Yeah. So basically, the answer is retain jockey for a top stable. Imagine being a retain jockey for a rubbish stable. Just a journey. I think a, a journeyman jockey is an NFL quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so where will we go next? Will I take an ad break or will I go for one more? I sure, do you know what? Take an ad break and we'll regroup. Go on. Go on, we will then. <laughs> Back in a second. Welcome back. It's a slight tangent show here with Mick and Arthur and Will. So, Aidan, you're next up in the emails. <coughs> Excuse me. This sort of bubbled up, I think, around David Clifford and who the footballer of the year is. Aidan must have sent this a couple of weeks ago when our streak uh, was alive and well. While watching the Sunday Games hurling team of the year discussion, I found myself in discussion with my friends on the selection of TJ Reid over Tony Kelly because I thought the merits of Reid's inclusion were of a different standard to Kelly. So the merits of Reid's inclusion were of a different standard to the ones that Kelly was held to. So, Aidan says, I will admit from the outside I'm a Clare man, but even still on the raw face of it, we're comparing Tony Kelly, who scored 422 from play, to TJ Reid, who scored 213 from play, two six of which came against Antrim and Westmeath. Now, I've no problem conceding that uh, Tony Kelly didn't have his best year, but do we hold certain players to a different standard based on their previous performances? Whether Kelly had his best average or a bad season, he should still be assessed on his performances alone in comparison to the field, not himself. I'm sure there are numerous other examples like this in sport. Thanks in advance. If you do raise this discussion, I love the segment. Keep up the good work. Regards, Aidan. It's an interesting one. I, th- I think with Clifford, it's kind of bubbled up this week as well. Colin Boyle, Darren O'Sullivan said he is, he is the best player this year and you can't compare him to how he did last year. You just have to say he was the best. 
uh, for instance, and Aidan here is making the same point when it comes to Tony Kelly. Yeah. I'm not so, sure on that one. Are you not? On which one? The Kelly Reid one. Why? Well, he's. I suppose he's taken away his two goals, like three of Tony Kelly's goals came against Dublin in a hammer, in a one-off kind of, you know, a, a one-way complete okay, mismatch. Well, t- take them away then, and then uh, Dublin, who are a far better team than Antrim Westmead. Are they? I think it's you have to mention and in fairness Aidan in your email well you then should have Reid only has five points you should have mentioned it Aidan Aidan should have mentioned it mm. as a clear man he, he's, he's like, tried to put a fast one there he, he got three, three goals against Dublin he got three goals against Dublin so take away that and what do you have what do you have he got three four I think in, from play against Dublin uh, then so you have one eighteen. One eighteen versus five points yeah but like and sorry TJ Reid played against Dublin as well and he didn't score anything you've removed all of TJ's points and frees there as well yeah I mean, yeah. it's a bit disingenuous. I agree. The, I, I agree. From play, from play is is the important thing. Play. They're doing different jobs. Like Tony what Kelly had a far Tony, better year than sorry, TJ Reid had a far better year than Tony. What Kelly. job did Tony Kelly do in the semi final? Well, you tell me. You 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 have a more passionate view. No, but I'm you, saying you, this, but, but it's, there's <laughs> no analysis of it. No, I, I look. I brought this up as an example when we were talking about Clifford last night. Funnily enough, it was brought up on the hurling pod as well. Um, a couple of weeks ago which I referenced and then the emailer which we hadn't seen at that stage has already I said it as well it's a, it's a very very valid point because for example there was literally no uh, uh, Jackie Tyrrell dismissively said on the Sunday game when Joe Canning was like where the hell is Tony Kelly on this team and he said he had a terrible game against Kilkenny he did not have a terrible game against Kilkenny he set up he set up a goal he was involved in a huge amount of scores he only got a point from play he was fouled about three times and targeted by Kilkenny and when uh, your freeze don't count freeze. winning freeze definitely counts winning freeze counts. how many freeze scoring, how many scored freeze we don't. We don't have those statistics to hand. So it's very disingenuous again. Okay, to pull fine, them up. fine. But what I'm saying to you is, uh, Kelly also. Game. Kelly also took on a completely different role in the second half because Ryan Taylor went off injured, and Claire always have a deep line player that comes and picks up the ball. He had 19 possessions in that match, which is a huge amount of uh, possessions for someone who had a terrible game. His radar was slightly off. I don't think his shooting was good all year. I don't think it was his best year. But to the point of is he being judged on the standards of everybody else, or is he being judged on the standards of a guy who can set the world on fire and score 14 points from play? I think that is indisputable. TJ Reid has been judged on the fact that he is a all-time legend who still has a huge impact in games but he's not having the impact of someone like Kelly Ah he is He, he isn't 100% is In the Leinster Look final who the was stats. the guy in the Leinster final who was leading that charge right at the end to get that ball back on his own like right up into the corner from thing the first person that played the pass over that or he had a looped pass into him that didn't quite make it to Reed. It made its way back out I don't know exactly who the players were the left corner back area Galway he leads the charge for it they get that ball back, it breaks out, Kilkenny win. Yeah. That's, that's him. That like, a, that's, that's you, him. You've, left, you've left out about seven players who no, were no, involved he's in leading. that play. Well, it's a team game. He's no, leading yeah. it, though. You know, one of the biggest issues here is we're comparing scores to determine whether a player's played better or not. Yeah. So in TJ Reid's case... Well, I, I also had possessions. He had yeah. more possessions than Kelly than, um, than uh, Reid in the semi-final as well, where Reid was lauded and didn't score from play. Is, is this definitively, though, uh, Reid or Kelly... Well, Probably, I mean, you can yeah. say Key Lynch. I mean, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think Kelly gets the All Star over Reed, and that's why this has become such a discussion. And for a lot of people, it seems you don't think he will. No, Reed will one hundred percent win the All Star. But I'm saying that that's wrong. But let's move on to away from the Clare thing because I think that's. <laughs> I, I've had final word. Let's no, steer no, it away no, now. no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying, let's not get like we're in the weeds on yeah. something very specific. But I, I think my point is though that 
if somebody has those kind of like blow you away moments, I feel they're anal- it's not even that 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 we're openly saying that like I'm judging him we know what he can do and he didn't do that today I think we're not analysing them properly I think we're not looking we're not looking for the other stuff that they're doing TJ uh, Kelly another, like was also like uh, uh, apparently one of, the, one of the arguments was that Reid does more kind of like you know defensive work and hooking and blocking and stuff like that without any kind of, like uh, this was said I can't remember who said this but there was no mention of the fact that like Kelly stopped two goals against Cork mm. and people at the time are saying no oh, he's probably too def- you know he's probably shouldn't be back there but he had a hook like an unbelievable one of the best pieces of skill of the season it's just again I want I do want to move off that specific example <laughs> now that you really but r- I can't. run at home <laughs> no but it, 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 I think it's a good example for this conversation no, like, you know and it's like and David Clifford's absolutely the same I think I do think that in the all Ireland final one I think if he wasn't as good as he was he wouldn't have been trying some of those mm. scores, I think I think that Kerry needed him to have a bit of magic. It wasn't the case of like glory hunting or playing hero ball or anything like that. I don't think that Kerry had other options to get going unless David Clifford kicked one of those scores. I, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so it didn't work for him on the day, but the actual play in getting into those points weren't terrible. He still got two points. He had a bit of magic to set up a goal, but because it wasn't David Clifford, what we saw in last year's All-Ireland Final, he's he was described as having... What did Paul Flynn say? He got cooked. Cooked. He got was torched. It? Smoked. Smoked. No. smoked. Was he smoked? Was Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Cooked, I thought, was a little bit. Some kind of arson, No, anyway. no, but that's obviously what's in his head, like that he's saying that, that he I got smoked. It was in his head at like one o'clock on, on yeah, Monday morning. You've got to give Paul Flynn a pass. <laughs> I do. I'm not criticising <laughs> Paul can, Flynn. Can I, I'm um, saying that that's, that's the type of reaction that's out there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, like it's an overly harsh critique of Clifford. Definitely. Yeah. The more I think about it, so Colin Bull and Darren Sullivan straight away were, it's Clifford, it's Clifford. The more I think about it, like the final... You couldn't criticise him overly. He was a bit ambitious in some of his point taking. He didn't have his shooting boots. You certainly would have to say he also made a big contribution in the final. So you can't dismiss the final performance. The semi-final was like epic. I mean, epic. That's why there was such a Clifford build-up to the final. It was truly, it was the best individual performance in a single game anybody has put in all season. Quarterfinal was a bit subdued though, wasn't it? He had, didn't have his shooting boots on again. And then, uh, frankly, I have to be honest... I just dismiss the rest of the season for almost everyone. Like, it's such an irrelevance to me. It's knockout. I, 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 I give it very minor weighting. Like, I don't know how you pick out what a Dublin player did when they're putting 520 on Loud and say, oh, well, that's amazing. That's not their fault, obviously. They have to beat Loud. But I just don't give it much weighting versus what they do in knockout stages. The more, I, the, the more I think about it, yesterday I was Fenton and a big part of me still leaned t- towards Fenton. The argument being, you can just tell he drove this thing in the second half against Mayo, he was immense when they needed him to be immense. And in the last 15 minutes against Monaghan, when the game was in the mix, it was Fenton who scored a couple of points and put the thing to bed. And then obviously on Sunday, I, I just thought he was spectacular. You know, and the way to saunter up in the 65th minute and score his second point of the game, clipping it over with, you know, a touch of panache sort of counts for me uh, from 40 metres. Do you think he was better than Howard Mannion then? I mean, look, Howard got an every, basically every Cluxton uh, kick out went to Howard. And so Howard was brilliant. Um, did I think he was better than Mannion? I didn't think anybody was almost better than Mannion in the final, but I still just thought he was immense as part of his body of work and Mannion obviously just was extraordinary in that one game. But 48 hours on, I think the 2023 year is Cluxton's. I think Cluxton is the reason Dublin won the All-Ireland. And it doesn't concede a goal in the entire championship until the final. And then we know what he did on Sunday. Kick the opening score, kick two points, 100% kickouts. 
And like the more you watch his kickouts and the pressure at times that he was under, that's absolutely off the charts. The calm he exuded was contagious in a good way in that Dublin camp. And I would suspect off the pitch, we, we've heard enough now to know the extent to which his return would have just copper fastened attitudes and standards. And I, I do take in, I, like I give him bonus points because he's 41 and because he was away for two years. I think that adds to the achievement. And so like as time passes, I think what more could a goalkeeper have done? I think it's outrageous. And in 10 years time, 2023 will be remembered as the year Cluxton came back and steered quarterback like Dublin to an All-Ireland. And so the more I think about it, of course he's the footballer of the year. It's absolutely nuts what he just did. It's one of the greatest football seasons in history. It's like, there's never going to be a season like it from any footballer. When are you going to see that again? He's the footballer of the year. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I don't think it's that. It You've undercut my passion there a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> You've taken the steam out of it there, a touch Arthur, which I like. It was Cluxton X esque what you did there. I was losing the head of it and you just said, calm down. You know, I uh, like I I do I know what you're saying. I don't know if I feel that if he wasn't there, Dublin probably still making All Ireland final. Probably, I mean, like, they win it. Yeah, well, they might not win it. So, like, but and, you're and making All Ireland finals like level par for Dublin. So that's what I mean. So it can't be a very remarkable year if they've won. If this is the ninth they've won in about uh, what, what is it now? About 13, 14 years or twenty years? You know, twelve. Yeah, yeah, twelve, thirteen years. So uh, it's not that remarkable by definition I mm. suppose what has happened but I, I just um, I'd wonder why you wouldn't lean towards Mannion I mean surely what he did was more remarkable in terms of individual too, performance too much waiting towards one game but if we're kind of accepting Dublin probably would have got there anyway I know but I, I think you do have to reflect the year at large a little bit you know and I think Mannion didn't do enough in the other games I think a lot of the players voting will be very seduced by the narrative that you've just given there and ultimately, it's the players who vote for. Yeah, they only vote on, on the shortlist, though. Yeah, so think, we I, need we need the the journals need to get in there first. I'm sort of missing the James McCarthy thing. I feel I know very, Paul, Paul very Flynn's consistent all season, though. just a consistent performer, consistently wasn't very good though. But is I there, didn't have the best final, but I thought he was really good up until the final. Is there any degree though of it being like akin to when Ryan Giggs got Footballer of the Year that there's a kind of a nine All Irelands? By You're the way, doing so, that a bit so, too. So did Cluxton. Yeah. I am doing that a bit. I, I I know, but I just want to tease out the McCarthy thing. It, to what extent is there a degree of, hang on, we need to recognise this guy's career. He's been maybe the best player for like a decade plus. For all those reasons, you just give it to him, not he, out of sentiment, but out know. of. No, he was Player of the Match in the Mayo game, wasn't he? I think. I think he was, yeah. Definitely got yeah, one or two player yeah. of the matches during the season. Oh, fair um, enough, then. Again, like Fenton has been playing at a ridiculously high level and. I think they're the three that probably get shortlisted. He's also someone that, funny enough, in, in the kind of argument that he didn't have a great final, it's being, you know, he's been measured on his standards. You know, I do think it, it applies to everybody, yeah. especially the greats. Because I'll tell you why, James McCarthy, for be it the type of fouling he was doing and maybe got a little bit lucky or the bat downs, a lot of different things he was doing. He mightn't have had, like, highlight moments, but I thought he was very influential in the game. Yeah. You know, well, a lot of that was fouling. So <laughs> you, you think the shortlist will omit David Clifford? I think there's a chance for it. Oh, well, that's a disgrace then. Not a hope. <laughs> that you, is you a disgrace. Honest, yeah. You think it'll be three dubs? I think it could be, yeah. Nah, nah it never is. It can't be. You can't omit, like, Clifford did too many won the things. final by two points, you know? Like, I, I also think, by the way, it's very unfair on Clifford, A, if he's not on the shortlist, and B, that he's not a serious contender for it. Because oh. he actually got on 
more possessions than people might think within the final itself. Like he has a hand in one goal and three points yeah. in the final. Yeah, he yeah. kicks 100%. a couple of difficult yeah. scores and then misses some other ones that he would normally have got. I know, like if, if Clifford was to be given Footballer of the Year, Darren O'Sullivan and Colin Boyle say it's a no-brainer, as I said, I have no problem with that. If he gets Footballer of the Year, I'll say, yeah, okay. It'll like, be I Clifford, McCarthy and Fenton will be the three nominees. So I'm not, I'm barking up the wrong I don't know, entire. like, I mean, I, you, it's, a, it's a compelling argument. The 100% kickouts, lads, I, I feel like we haven't made enough of that. Now, maybe that's as much down that, to Kerry yeah. as anything else, yeah. but like when Dublin pushed up like you know Shane Ryan did struggle with kickouts in the first half you know but maybe maybe Cluxton didn't have those no, challenges Kerry did side. push up big time yeah big time but it was like Brian Howard is as much to do with that as well then as Cluxton but I do feel that that doesn't happen without Cluxton there there's not a chance um, no offence to Evan Comfort or any other goalkeeper in the history no. of the game you know that's how much of we're not talking about Evan Comfort so, here so, like, you, you know? you, so you don't think it'll be Cluxton in the three best I haven't heard it talked about and maybe that's maybe this starts we've got a bit of time taking it for granted here I think that's, that might did. be fair I know it's one of the best stories ever yeah. you know um, and I guess it's an interesting question where does like the story come into your assessment of their performances I mean should we be looking at should you should you look at the Cliffords and not take into account what they've gone through personally this year is it wrong to do that is it right to do that I sort of feel that that you know that is part of uh, the backdrop to their performances I, I don't think it should be just like I'm going to um, as a player view all of these players and, and blank out what their jersey is and blank out what their faces are and not know anything about where they're coming from and just judge it on the performances I, I, I don't know if that's right either it's interesting you know? I don't know is the truth on that one I don't, I don't know but to come back after two years uh, away and, and be the age he is whatever about like going away for two years when you're 26 mm. but when you're 40 and then to come back and to be in the shape he's in and to be to have the like you go until the last minute you know I know he's a goalkeeper guys, but he's running up and kicking freeze like do you know what I mean and he's involved in a lot of plays uh, I don't know he's a remarkable athlete and I think we don't probably talk about him in that way enough No Who is your footballer of the year then? Everyone? Uh, I think McCarthy. McCarthy, just so consistently excellent. Yeah, well, fair enough. Yeah, I, like I think that's the, I, the strong argument from. I have to hold my hands up. That must that's just passed me by a bit somehow. So I'm probably wrong. You like headline front. hits, and you like your Cluxton. I don't know what it is. It, there could be a degree of taking McCarthy for granted too. You know, so you want it to be Cluxton. You think it'll be Cluxton? Be a good story. They would. I <laughs> don't know how good the interview would be. You couldn't talk down any... Like, I wouldn't talk down any of them. I, I'd have no problem with Cluxton. I'd, I'd bow to the sense of McCarthy that people have. I definitely could really see Fenton getting it. And ultimately, if they said, you know what, Clifford, for the 15 moments of absolute magic, mm. I, I, cu- I couldn't get too upset. Arthur? Oh, Fenton. Fenton. Yeah, no-brainer. No-brainer. For me? It's a bloody brainer now, come on. <laughs> established that I haven't a clue. I, I don't think anyone would argue against Fenton. Either. No, I, w- I, feel, I, I feel like I'm getting convinced by everyone's arguments, which suggests to me I don't have a strong opinion. It's Fenton or Cluxton for me. Yeah, uh, he was so good. He was so good when it was in those, I agree. those, those crucial moments. That free he got, uh, not free, sorry, that, that score he got with Monaghan. Yeah. I, I don't know if it was the one where he, did he get it on his left, mm. where he's almost going off balance, or he just kind of, whatever, I, I'd have to look it back. Whatever way he hits it, and you're like it just almost he doesn't even break stride ah, and just and keeps going back up and again back to the you like the headline moments that his general play is nice just, class. he never makes a mistake his foot passing is the most underrated foot passer in the game 
he's back there doing Trojan work in defence. He's barging people out of it. He's, you know, everybody's coming at him. I would say the only thing that would suggest that we hinted at it last night, I f- that would mean he's won three, which is obviously would be with the record. The first like, person ever. To first do person it. ever. So that might put people off a little bit if it's a voting. In some ways, I think it'd that. be no harm for people to kind of realise that Brian Fenton's one of the best footballers we've ever seen. I do feel oh, like he's always talked about as one of the best of his day, but it's like as if he hasn't reached that echelon in general conversation oh, yet, and he's clearly there. That's like, his Jack O'Shea. He is. <laughs> I, remember, no, I remember that discussion with your conversation with Liam Hayes. But like, Hayes was wrong about that. <laughs> You didn't tell him then. No, I was like, Liam Hayes is a scary dude. And also, we're out of time. <laughs> out of time <laughs> after an hour and a half. Yeah. That proves it. the point. We move on here. Uh, hi to all, particularly the good Dr. Arthur. First time, long time. Just wanted to get your thoughts on... Another Arthur, right? Another Arthur, right? <laughs> what even are rights? What, what, what is that? Oh, the Arthur rights. It has a communist kind of overtone, which I feel I is appropriate. So. Yeah, I'm not sure what that is. What is that? What's the original of that? I don't know. Israelite, I suppose, of the song. Oh, okay. I don't know. <laughs> I've no idea. Okay, carry Israelite, on. Right? Who knows? <laughs> um, okay, so from another Arthur Wright, first time, long time. Just wanted to get your thoughts on the hurling final weekend. I'm a Limerick. <laughs> Never has anyone hated fandom so much. I'm a Limerick hurling fanatic for all my life and the last few years have been heaven. However, I feel the hurling final weekend is not what it used to be. When I was growing up, hurling final weekend consisted of the Kilmacud Sevens on Saturday. Staying up for up for the match. Who stays up for up for the match? No. The over 50s. That's not part of it. I usually, I'm still up and realise that I've missed up for the match and then say, (laughs) oh... That's uh, okay. And then uh, the excitement of a Sunday with TV coverage. Sorry, staying up. Oh, yeah. I thought he meant staying up in Dublin. <laughs> <laughs> staying up for over the match. It's not about nine o'clock. <laughs> like, exactly. I don't think you stay up for over the match. Well, maybe when you're a kid. Like. Yeah, but it finishes okay. around 11, though. Well, it's a lengthy show. Maybe this guy just hasn't realised he's grown up. I, I was just going to say, life's not as good as an adult. Maybe that's your issue here, Joe and Limerick. Uh, then the excitement of Sunday with TV coverage starting early and a big build-up followed by the minor final. Osquelga with a big crowd in for the presentation. Jubilee team all leading to the crescendo of the final itself. Nowadays, whether it's split season to blame or poor planning on the GA's part, there's no Kilmacud Sevens that weekend. No minor game. Jubilee team goes out an hour before throwing in front of a couple of thousand people. Last year, most of the crowd didn't come in until 10 minutes before throwing like it was just any other match. Maybe I'm just getting grumpy as I head from my mid-30s. There you go. There you go, Joe. But I felt it was more of a buzz growing up and there was more pageantry and it was an unmissable weekend event. Please discuss. Love the segment. Thanks, Joe in Limerick. I would posit, first of all, and it applies to us all, I think 60% of Joe's problem is just growing up. nostalgia. Just growing up. Life's, and and life's not as rich mm. as you grow up. I think that is a big part of it. Yeah. But to his point, there is also a substantive fairness to saying it has lost maybe it is a post-COVID thing and different things going on but it, it just has lost the sense of festival 245 of the Jubilee is entirely wrong that's the first thing they need to address and a good few of the players from the last two seasons or so have now talked about this and even Anthony Daly was saying last week that it felt like they're almost being pushed off the pitch after they got on there in front of more than a half empty stadium because understandably if there's only one game at half three you're unlikely to be in your seat at 245 Yeah. so the Jubilee team has been almost entirely forgotten about half time is the right time for the teams to be coming out that's a really easy fix straight away 
I don't think that the minor finals are going to end up going in beforehand again. I think the GA have taken a fairly strong stance in this that they don't want under 17 games to be on in Crow Park. And I actually think the last two years, the experience of both the game at Nolan Park between Offaly and Tipperary, which sold out the year before, and this year as a double header with the under 20, worked really well. And it meant that more people were able to get access to tickets. If your county was in the minor final, it was always a real scramble yeah, to yeah. try and get in and see it. So I think actually keeping them outside of the final makes sense. But I think they need something else to go before it because that, to Joe's point, it's really weird that the TV coverage only starts, I think, at half two. BBC's started at three. There's this kind of feeling of, ah, oh, here we go, a few minutes before the match mm. and then the match just gets underway. It's definitely lost some of the pageantry. To that end, dear Arthur and the gang, says James <laughs> and Cork. These aren't real, are they? <laughs> They're 100% real. <laughs> what? Oh, God, okay. Can I cross the road with me and an Arthur right these yeah. days? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say you've attained cult status despite wanting anything but. <laughs> yeah. I'll come over here next week. Would you think about a one-man show where <laughs> you just talk. Speak to the Arthur rights. Unscripted, like Tommy uh, Tiernan did a few years ago. Anyway, dear Arthur and the gang, I hope this email finds you well. I recently listened to your chat about the need to have curtain razor before the Arthur. Did we talk about needing to have curtain razor? I don't know. Well, I don't think There's we did. Maybe we talked about it yesterday, but I presume this email has come in uh, before. before oh, it could have been from yesterday. I didn't look at the date. Uh, it sparked an idea I've been contemplating since last year. I firmly believe the solution lies in bringing back the cherished Railway Cup. And so James and Cork goes on to, in reasonably lengthy detail, describe Railway Cup happening. So, And you treat the players well. You put them up in a hotel. You make them very into it. And uh, you have a semi-final potentially and then at the final and it's the curtain raiser excited to hear your thoughts says James in Cork well I suspect he's most excited to hear Arthur's thoughts so why don't you get the ball rolling would you welcome the return of the Railway Cup um, to go ahead of the All-Ireland yeah um, a nice plus to it is uh, to Will's point there's no like your minor teams in the final are very hard to get tickets nobody's that invested in their province so it's like a nice bonus thing that's one plus for it yeah yeah uh, I quite like the way it is at the minute. Like I'm, I'm not. I don't really think the All Ireland final needs to change too much. It's kind of fine. I do the 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 Jubilee team. That would be nice to give that more prominence. But beyond that, I'm quite happy to get in there, ten past three, whatever it is, back out again, and after the trophy's been lifted, you know, and uh, go again on your way. Like no. I, I don't really think it needs to be a four or five hour day. Year. This is why you're beloved, you know. You're dead right, really. Like, it, it, what are we all moaning about here? Well, the enjoyments before and after with the people you're going with, yeah. like, it's not about, I, I really don't think we need to be in there from one, two o'clock in the day. Do you know what? It's, it's and nobody is. Though. I've been there like a parrot for the last 24 hours saying, oh, you know, the stadium needs to be alive earlier. And he's just convinced me I'm just talking at my hat. The TV coverage thing is interesting coming on at half two. There was a kind of a sense of like, it's All Ireland Day. Where's the All Ireland? Yeah, you know, and and it's I do like, like that FA Cup final morning vibe. Sort of, yeah. yeah. And I mean, and and that's passe as well. People like every FA Cup final talks around. Oh, I remember it when it used to come on at eleven o'clock in the morning. It hasn't been for twenty years, and you know, I don't <laughs> think it needs to be that. But there's an element of there's something, where be it like put on a bloody documentary or have something in the morning, a live hit it or something. Just have this sense of it being this big national day mm. twice a year mm. you know now week on week unfortunately it's pretty hard like, yeah it makes it harder yeah it does again, I, think it makes, weeks. <laughs> I think it makes a big difference having a back to back as an aside by the way FA Cup final day now has loads of programming again 
across the morning. Does it? Yeah. Oh yeah. If you yeah, want, if if you want to jump in and have here's yeah. what the dressing rooms like and all that kind of stuff, they've leaned right back into it. So it's there if you want. It. I think we could do with that. Ago, yeah. Yeah. I think we could do with that, and I think the television audience in some ways are almost more important for this because, as Arthur says. You go. You're going for maybe a pint or whatever the equivalent. You know, not necessarily drinking, but like you're meeting your people and you're getting together and you're talking about the match. You're going. All that excitement is natural when you're a fan of one of the teams there, and you go in and you do the same afterwards. Like absolutely, I do think. <coughs> sorry, excuse me. The the fact the, the cost of living stuff, lads, and the lack of hotels and the price of everything is massively taken away. I used to go into town on a Saturday night before the All Irelands regularly. Remember, like you'd always be like when Kerry were playing, especially it was a great buzz around the place. I was out last Saturday night, completely unrelated, in town all evening. I swear to God, you'd see every four hundred people might be wearing it. it was absolutely lashing like but you know it's like you know every four hundred person might be wearing a Kerry hat or something like that. There was no. It's all Ireland final yeah, day buzz. I detect the which same. There was about say. 10, 15 years ago. It was a great night out in town Saturday mm. night before a match. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's I'm what sure I'm it's, thinking. No, it's part of it. I like the Railway Cup idea. The problem is, Joe, that it was exciting for about 50 of the 90 year history and it really fizzled out towards the end. And there was this feeling that when they eventually kind of closed the doors on it in 2017, that nobody was really as interested in the Railway Cup as it was before. I think it was. It had a love for a few generations and it was really huge when players probably played quite short championship campaigns to maybe from weaker counties get an idea or get a chance to play in a bigger ground or get a chance to play alongside the very best from your province. I'm not sure if that romance is quite there for the Railway Cup anymore. Mm. But I think in the hurling particularly, you could do it very neatly. I definitely wouldn't have semi-finals or games on the Saturday no. before this. Maybe time. you just take turns or the two provinces yeah. that aren't involved in the football final do it. It's only going to be an exhibition match. It doesn't need that interest. It needs people sitting in their seats half an hour before for the game yeah. and kind of getting into it as it goes on no matter what happens nobody's going to be in the ground at half one if it's a minor final or a railway cup or mm. even something else it's always going to be played in front of nobody at the start and then yeah. a bigger crowd as it, as it is it, it would just be for something to look at if you didn't want to be in a pub atmosphere builds slowly which is always a nice thing and then there's the novelty of oh there's Tony Kelly passing to Keane Lynch those two seem to combine pretty well of course, we'll Limerick will be in a final. Keen Lynch will be in a final a few times. <laughs> the only problem with that theory. But I think a one-off exhibition wouldn't be any harm. Okay. So, no harm, and then, sure, it's grand as it is. It's fine. Move the Jubilee team, though. Why do we that always need more? What is that? Why are we ruining the planet with that, you know? That's a very astute point. <laughs> <laughs> There's Thank no you. harm Thank in you. making... <laughs> I don't. I'm not being nationalistic here or anything. Like that, but <laughs> I love here this. we go. Where's here we going? go. I'm really not being. I swear to God. But I do have a pride in the fact that we have these unique occasions. There's two of them in a the year. There's no reason that we can't make a bloody big deal of them. Mm. And ideally, so, ideally, honestly, and I'm saying this, it's not the case at the moment, whether you like it or not. But ideally, in 10, 15 years, there are four dates, and we add Camogie and ladies football, and we have maybe it's the four weeks in a row, and it's a festival of Crow Park finals and stuff like that. But I don't know. We don't seem to have any interest in, in, in doing that kind of thing. Everything seems to be just on its own as a one-off, you know. Does anywhere do that? Don't care. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I was just kind of more looking for a template than a, a yeah. justification. The, the just obvious one would be the Super Bowl, where there's like a full day build-up to it and there's a lot That'd of stuff around the stadium. <laughs> oh, yeah. like We're probably a bit more humble than that. Mm. <sighs> We've got four minutes I can't see any email here which is four minutes. Which what do you want to talk about, Joe? I don't know. There was the one about the interest in the World Cup, which was 
good, but I feel like that's a meaty that is, that's a bit discussion longer, point for say, next yes, week. Yeah. There's the one about do we listen to other podcasts in advance of... <laughs> Falling over the line here, I think is what they'd call it. <laughs> I think we could get into another topic, but we don't have enough time. That's what I mean. I, I, I'm tr- there's so many good ones. No. <laughs> they mean podcast specific to what we're going to be talking about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is there? There's one about the lack of suits in punditry. It's too long, though. <laughs> suits, Stephen. It's too long. The email. It was a simple point. Too it many was suits. The all the final. Ah. He's saying there's not enough suits. It's gone far too trendy. The, the days of Hawk and Giles wearing a suit and tie. Bring them back. Inoffensive shoes. We do not prefer him to wear some <laughs> slightly more contemporary rather than the communion suits that we sometimes see in the coverage. No, he wants, he wants the full regalia. <laughs> a bit of something. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about that, Joe? You're a suit man when you're on. We're all, yeah, we all wear suits. For the, for the Women's Six Nations, I wore the same shirt and same tie just out of interest to see what anyone comment. Not, not a single person noticed. That's interesting. You there conducting your little social experiments. Yeah, not a single person. Same, and, and like just a navy tie at that. My wife always notices what suits you're wearing and uh, has uh, would 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 comment on it. So, oh, Joe wore that two weeks ago there. Or well, he wore that every week for six well, weeks. I running. No, but I think you wear a nice business suit. You don't necessarily go for the three piece. And oh God, no. Well, I, genuinely, our, our, we talked about it and we were like, let's have nobody ever talk about our clothes. Yeah. They're all just the most boring suits. So people have digested what we're wearing in about so five seconds don't want and to move on. Thinking about it. It's nice. It's nice not to think about it. It's like being back wearing your school uniform again. But um, it's just like it's a distraction. Why do you, in five I just, seconds? I just don't understand where. Like, I mean, I feels I nothing to do with any specific shows or anything like that. But it does feel like it's like why is it a job that you would wear a suit for in yeah, twenty twenty three? I know there's I know. nothing kind of businessy about it. There's nothing whatever. And maybe maybe people look. At, I think people do like it. I think people feel a bit more comfortable with people on TV wearing suits. I think there's something in that of was you know being raised on. The BBC and yeah. Gayburn and whatnot, but we didn't do it for Heineken Gems Cup. We sort of felt Ireland Six Nations, a day of national importance. Yeah. What did you wear for the Heineken Cup then? Uh, that smart casual. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I think smart casual is fine as well if that's the style. Well, I read this fella's email because we're not coming back to this now. Uh, Joe and his oh, disciples, LTL FTE. I would like to know: Have you noticed pundits and presenters uh, relaxing, formal wear, sporting a more casual attire these days? And if so, can you and the gang discuss? I was appalled. <laughs> to see Peter Canavan's apparel on the Sunday game for those who didn't see he was adorned in a matching green polo and chino number with canvas shoes his wife picked up for him in Debenhams <laughs> he probably wore it to mass that morning if they're telling Peter to leave the shirt at home I've no doubt we'll see Shane Dowling wearing his Nike Air Max next am I alone when I say bring back the old school dress code the days of Hook and Giles and Michael Lester kitted out in the classic suit Ali, your uncle John at the family wedding father of three 30 years with the ESB good tie clean polished non-offensive no nonsense shoes sex it up with the colouring of a tie fine but no now we're reduced to Michael Richards modernising suits with tight pants and trainers too often the bottom looks orphaned from the top half this goes on for a long time. More out of time. 20 seconds left. I can't remember more, more points there somewhere. Uh, anyway, he says he's not a fan. He mentions Sean Kavanagh and the Lee Keegans wearing daft stuff and um, some about Louis Copeland and Joe Canning and <laughs> Arthur knows what I'm talking about. He says at one point. <laughs> no, he does. <laughs> he does. Another Arthroid. <laughs> Wait to finish. He says, Stephen Byrne from Wexford living in Dubai. Love the show. Cheers. Another expat Sorry, as well. that was an abomination of a topic we did that backwards to front we're out of time and <laughs> <laughs> then cut off the last five minutes off the podcast right Will thank you Mick thank you Arthur thank Cheers. you we're uh, talking about two in a row next week